great opportunity is. Amen. As so many are out celebrating tonight. Amen. Uh, we can celebrate here. Amen. Because the Lord has done something worth allowing us to celebrate for. Amen. He saved us and changed us. Praise God. And I'm so thankful to the Lord for what he's done. Praise God. Stand with me this evening. I would like to read uh, just a couple of passages of scripture. <clears throat> I know we're all looking forward to a time of fellowship uh, upstairs and having some food. And so I will try not to um, preach for a long time. I do have something I want to talk to us about tonight. <clears throat> I would ask and indulge your prayers. Um, I just can't seem to shake this cold or flu. It's uh, hit me in round two and I'm uh, struggling. So um, I'll do the best I can. Nehemiah, Acts, and Haggai. We're going to read from these three passages of scripture tonight. Of course, with dad just passing recently, um, I just, I couldn't resist myself to go to Nehemiah chapter four and verse number six. There is a purpose behind it, but this was dad's favorite scripture. Amen. Nehemiah chapter four and verse number six. So built we the wall and all the wall was joined together unto the half thereof for the people had a mind to work. And then in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 17, verse number 34. Howbeit certain men clave unto him and believed, among the which was Dionysus, the Aeropagite, and a woman named Damaris. Did you know you were in the Bible? Oh, you did. Okay. She's pretty proud of it too, it looks like. And a woman named Damaris and others with them. And then in the book of Haggai, if you'll indulge me to, to read uh, just a few more scriptures there. Chapter 2. Beginning in verse number 1 in the seventh month. In the one and twentieth day of the month came the word of the Lord by the prophet Haggai, saying, Speak now to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua, the son of Josedek, the high priest, and to the residue of the people, saying, Who is left among you that saw this house in her first glory? And how do you see it now? What a probing question. There must have been some there that were old enough to remember what he was writing about. The glory that came down in, in the beginning there. Who, who among you is left that saw this house in her first glory? And how do you see it now? Does it have that same glory? 
Does it have the same power? Does it have the same appeal? Does it have the same meaning? How do you see it now? Is it not in your eyes in comparison of it as nothing? Yet, now be strong, O Zerubbabel, saith the Lord. And be strong, O Joshua, son of Josedek, the high priest. And be strong, all ye people of the land, saith the Lord. And work. Isn't that the same thing we read about in Nehemiah? For the people... They built something for the people had a mind to what? Work. And now the word is coming to Zerubbabel and Joshua and all the people of the, line, of, of the land from the Lord. And he simply says, work. For I am with you, saith the Lord of hosts, according to the word that I covenanted with you when ye came out of Egypt, so my spirit remaineth among you, fear ye not. For thus saith the Lord of hosts, yet once it is a little while, and I will shake the heavens, and the earth, and the sea, and the dry land. And I will shake all nations, and the desire of all nations shall come. And I will fill this house with glory, saith the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine. And the gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts. The glory of this latter house shall be greater than the former, saith the Lord of hosts. And in this place will I give peace, saith the Lord of hosts. Amen. I want to talk to us from these scriptures tonight. Amen. And uh, my subject tonight is something needs to change. Amen. Something needs to change. You can be seated. <clears throat> I was leaving work today. And one of my colleagues made a statement. Of course, most people at this time, <coughs> the last. <coughs> <coughs> Let me apologize one time because that's going to happen often tonight. Um, most everybody on this day, as they leave work or they, they greet people and leave them, they will, they will, uh, say those words, uh, I wish you a happy new year. And, uh, one of my colleagues, uh, made that I was, uh, wishing him a happy new year. And he made a statement to me and he said, I hope next year is a better one for you than this year was. He stated and continued to say that in the last, he said, the last six months has been really bad for you. Well, during the last six months, uh, of course, my dad passed on and I had to spend many, many hours helping him back and forth to the hospital, back and forth to dad's house, mom's house, back and forth to doctors, leaving work and going there and going back to work and many, many hours uh, taking care of my dad. And in the last six months of this month, I've had to endure some problems with my truck. Uh, although it's just a vehicle, it was a problem. And uh, it did uh, begin to grate on me a little bit. And then uh, over the last six months or the year, I've been dealing with the knee replacements that I've had. 
trying to get them working the way I'd like them to and, and uh, all that goes along with it. And then uh, among various other things which have happened, amen, uh, uh, you know, uh, as you get older, it might be age, I'm not sure, but uh, I, I can only remember one night this entire year that I slept, all night, one time. Uh, various reasons, uh, a lot of them was the, the knee pain that uh, comes along with knee replacements, a lot of them was... Uh, uh, spiritual things that were on my mind, uh, uh, but only one night. But uh, this is what this man was referring to. Amen. And he said, I, I hope your next year is going to be better than your last one. So many people make similar statements as they begin to look forward to a new year. They, they base the success of the year or the failures of the year on what tragedies or things have happened to them. Just, just because we're Christians does not mean that we will not have to go through things in life. The Bible tells us and lets us to know very emphatically that it rains on the just as well as on the unjust. Sometimes God allows things to happen in our lives. Sometimes God causes things to happen in our lives. And sometimes it's just because we're human. Amen. That it happens. I'm not disappointed or discouraged for the things which happened last year. For I made it a resolve in my life. That I want to do as much as I can for the work of the Lord. I made it a resolve in my life that I want to be ready for the coming of the Lord at all times. And let me tell you, just in case you do not know it, Jesus is coming and he is coming very soon. He is now in the process of getting people ready for his coming. Dare I say it this way? Both Christians and non-Christians alike. You say, well, what do you mean, Pastor, when you say both Christians? Isn't just the title Christian mean that they're okay? Well, the Bible tells us that some things are going to happen just before the Lord comes. The scripture lets us to know that people are going to quit going to church. It tells us that people are going to lose their love for God. It tells us that people are going to be deceived. Among other things that it talks to us about, amen, and it lets us to know what's going to happen in the last days, amen, but I want to tell you that God is trying to reach them so that they will not be lost. Amen. So when the pastor or someone else who brings the word of God to us preaches uh, something that does not sit well with us, uh, amen, and we question who does he think he is or how does he think he can talk 
to me like that, praise God. We really need to understand and we really need to thank the Lord that he is sending conviction to us because the Bible says that he is long-suffering to us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. If God didn't care about you, he wouldn't, he wouldn't care a bit about what you do. Uh, amen. But God cares for you. Uh, he loves you with a great love. Uh, amen. And his desire is that you are ready for his coming. And there are times where he will do whatever he needs to do. To make sure that you're ready for his coming. It might be a problem. It might be a sickness. It might be something else. Amen. It might be catastrophe that comes to our life. It might be financial. But sometimes it's the cause is God. And his reasoning is, hey, I'm trying to wake you up. I'm coming soon. And you also need to be ready for my coming. And instead of running away or getting mad, we should be running to an altar and thanking God for his love and his care towards us. No matter what others are doing or not doing, my desire, you see, I can't answer for you. You can't answer for me. The Bible tells us that every one of us is going to answer for ourselves. Amen. And so I, I want to put it this way. No matter what others are doing or not doing, my desire is to serve the Lord with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, and with all my strength. My desire is to be everything God wants me to be. And so, no matter how bad last year may have seemed to me or to others, it was just another year on my journey to heaven. My eyes are set upon a goal. Amen. My hope is in the Lord. Amen. My hope is not in this life. Amen. But my hope is in God. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Amen. It doesn't matter what happens. Amen. You say, how can you say that? It doesn't really matter. You might have to suffer. You might have to go through things. But I can say it because I have a Redeemer. I know whom I have believed in. And I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him. Amen. I believe God's going to keep me. If I keep myself in the hand of the Lord, if I make my calling, and see, I can't do anything for you. I can try to help you. I can try to encourage you, but I can't make one decision for you in your life. I can't make you live for God. Amen. But my decision is to make my calling and my election sure. For the Bible says, if I do this, I will never fall. And I want to be ready for his coming. I want to be ready for his coming. The other day, as I was preparing for another sermon, 
I was looking at a magazine, and the words popped out to me, the words of this title of my message tonight. It said, something needs to change. I thought at that point, what a great sermon that would make. But as quickly as I thought that, I dismissed it, saying to myself, well, you know, people might take it the wrong way. They might think I'm going to begin to harp at this or that or the other thing. And so I just kind of dismissed it and wiped it out of my mind. But all last night and throughout the day today, last night was another one of those nights that I didn't get a whole lot of sleep. Amen. Partially because I had to get up at 3.30 in the morning to go to work. Amen. That cuts out a lot of time. Amen. But all last night and throughout the day, I could not get away from this thought. Something needs to change. So I want to talk to you about it tonight. I want to talk to you about some of the things that the Lord, amen, I feel has laid on my heart. Praise God. Something needs to change. Something needs to change when. Pornography is invading the church. You say, Pastor, that's not a problem. We're Christians. But I beg to differ with you. It's a huge problem. And the enemy is using it to deceive many men. I know women are involved in it, but not to the degree men are. So I'm speaking to our men right now. He's using it to deceive many men today. They think that they're hiding it. They think that nobody knows about it. They think that because nobody knows about it and they can come to church and sit in a pew and raise their hands and pray and worship God, that everything is all right, that God has overlooked it. But I'm sorry, it's wrong. And it is a problem among men today. I'm not talking about just worldly men. I'm talking about Christian men. I'm not talking just Pentecostal right now. I'm talking about Christian in general. I was reading an advertisement in a Christian magazine the other day. Amen. And the advertisement was, was uh, soliciting, amen, a, 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 uh, a series called Conqueror's Series. And what it was doing was it was calling for men who have a problem with pornography to get involved in this series. I can't tell you the countless number of individuals who have come to me over the years, uh, amen, and have told me either pastor or brother Dibble, praise God, amen, I have a problem, uh, amen, it is pornography, I need your help to overcome it, amen, it is an It is a tactic of the enemy today because it is so secretive. We don't like to hear about it. We don't like people to talk about it. But listen, we're on our way to heaven. 
And anything that keeps us from going to heaven needs to be revealed to us uh, as something that would hinder us. uh, And we need to face it front on, uh, not hide it, uh, not bury our head in the sand uh, and make believe like I'm okay uh, and it'll be all right. It won't be all right. God is looking at our lives uh, and God, uh, amen, is taking stock uh, of what is going on in us. Uh, He's about to return uh, and he's trying to get us ready for his coming. The numbers of men who are addicted to this sin are astounding. This magazine article lets us to know That through their program alone, the Conquerors series, over, these are quote-unquote Christian men. Over one million, over one million men are enrolled in this program. Amen. To help them overcome this addiction. Amen. Something needs to change. Something needs to change. Amen. Something needs to change when we look, amen, at homosexuality and how it is purported everywhere. Everywhere in our society today. How it is being accepted, amen, and promoted, amen, as being uh, right, amen, as being uh, 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 something that there's absolutely nothing wrong with. Yet the Bible talks to us, amen, and lets us to know, amen, that this sin is devastating to God. It can't be swept under the carpet. Uh, We love everybody. uh, Amen. We love everybody's soul. Uh, I wish everybody would come uh, and find an experience with God. uh, But we cannot condone. (coughs) We cannot condone the sin. uh, Amen. That the enemy is trying to purport and pervade uh, and make believe like it's okay uh, in our society today. It's not okay. Something needs to change. Something needs to change when sins, which have always been labeled as sins, and the list is so long, I don't have time to get into them today, but sins, which has always been labeled as sins, are being accepted and said to be all right today. Something needs to change. Something needs to change with the unrest that is in our churches today. uh, With the backbiting, with the gossip, with the unfaithfulness. uh, Something needs to change. Paul wrote to us and led us to know, amen, just exactly what kind of day we would be living in uh, in this last day. (coughs) This note also, that in the last days... Perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, 
covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness. Just tell me I'm okay. I'll pay my tithe. I'll give in the offering. Just tell me I'm okay, that I can walk out the doors, and I can still pick up a pack of cigarettes, that I can still go to the bar and drink and consume alcohol, that I can still get involved in things of this world. Just tell me I'm okay, preacher. Amen. Just give me that good feeling. We'll fill your church up. But the Bible says this is the day that we're living in. Uh, they're going to have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof. Uh, what is it? The power to become holy. Uh, the power to become godly. Uh, the power to live righteously uh, in this ungodly world. The scripture says, from such turn away, ever learning, and never able to come to the knowledge of truth. I'm working on a message right now. I hope the Lord will allow me to preach it soon. The title of it is Trusted with Truth. Trusted with Truth. Amen. Something needs to change. In our scripture text this evening, we read about Nehemiah and we find in our text today that Nehemiah was doing a marvelous work just trying to find the scripture here today but Nehemiah was doing a marvelous work He had left what he was doing and went back to Jerusalem. He was a butler. If we read correctly in the scripture, he was a butler in the king's palace. And according to the scripture, he was doing a pretty good job. I think that whatever our job is, we ought to do a good job at it. Might be a garbage taker outer. I don't know if that's what you call them. It just came to me like that. I don't know what the huh? sanitation engineer. Thank you. The technical name sanitation engineer. We used to call them garbage taker outers. Amen. Sanitation engineer. You ought to be the best you can at your job. Whatever it is. You're raising dogs, Brother John. You ought to be the best dog raiser there is. Well, let's try. Let's go around the room. Brother B, you take pictures. You ought to be the best photographer there is. (laughs) I gave you your chance. Amen. 
Somebody here works in the post office. They ought to be the best post office worker that there is. She is. We ought to be the best that we can. The best that we can. At whatever field we've either chosen or had to accept to work in in life. Nehemiah was this way. He was doing a good job. He was doing a good job. He enjoyed his work. You can read that in the scriptures. But as he went to Jerusalem, the enemy was working very hard to stop what Nehemiah and the people were trying to do. The people were unified, yes. The people were working, yes. The people were looking out for each other. Something that is being lost in our day today. We are, as the Bible explains to us, laborers together. It's not my way or your way. It's not their way. It's the scripture says we ought to be laborers together. We're not going to be caught up in the rapture with this little facet of people or this group over here or I'm trying to think of a, a, a right word praise God uh, not sect amen but the clan click thank you very much it, it's not going to be this click here and that click there and that click over there they're not going to get caught up together as a click or as a click or as a click the Bible says when the trumpet sounds and the dead in Christ shall rise first then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up what together God always designed this to be a together way. He did not design it, amen, to be a, a one uh, 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 in a harness, uh, amen, of two and one pulls one way and one pulls the other way. He designed it to be together, praise God. Uh, amen, if one can put a thousand to flight, two can do even more. Amen. God always designed this to be a together way. And so the people were unified. They were working. Amen. They were looking out for one another. They were doing the work and the will of God. They were willing to sacrifice whatever it took to see that work accomplished. You see that? The scripture tells us that. How, how do you know that? Well, they had a weapon in one hand. They had a working utensil in the other one. We're willing to sacrifice. We're willing to work. We're willing to do whatever it takes. They were willing to fight for what they thought was precious. They did not sit on the sidelines and hope for somebody else to do it. But they were willing to fight for what they thought were precious. Uh, their sons uh, and their daughters, uh, their husbands uh, and their wives, uh, their friends uh, and their family. Uh, they were willing to put it all on the line for them. And so the Bible says that the people built the wall. There's one phrase we leave out of that. My dad left it out for all those years that he preached it. All the wall. We say built the wall, but the Bible says they built all the wall. Not just sections, not just parts, not just my little domain, praise God. Again, not in my little clique, praise God, but they built 
all the wall. For the people had a mind to work. But what was the real cause of this happening? What did it take for it to get to this point of Nehemiah 4 and 6? There had to be something, and there was. Nehemiah chapter 1 talks to us about the words of Nehemiah. And it talks to us about that one of his brethren came to him. And Nehemiah asked what was happening back in Jerusalem and what was happening with their people, the Jews. Amen. And he was told, amen, that the remnant were, were, were out there and they were, they, they, were, they were in captivity and there was great affliction and there was great reproach. And the walls of the city were broken down and the gates were burned with fire. It was a, a picture of doom. It was a picture of destitution. This is what Nehemiah had heard. And then in the next verse, the Bible says it came to pass. When I, Nehemiah, heard these words, that I sat down and wept. Something needs to change. Our world is out of order. Our world is being lost, praise God. Amen. Jesus wants people to be saved, but the enemy is working hard. There's destitution out there. There's destruction out there. Sin is destroying, amen, people's lives. Something needs to change. I, Nehemiah, when I heard these words, I sat down and I wept. When is the last time that we looked at the condition of the world and it gripped our hearts to an extent like it did Nehemiah's? And we got such a burden for our neighbors. Amen. For those that we work with. Amen. For those that we associate with. That we've sat down and we've wept for them. I sat down and I wept and I mourned, not just for 30 seconds, but certain plural days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. What did he pray? He prayed for those, uh, amen, uh, the condition that his people was in. Uh, God, you've got to get us out of this condition. Uh, God, uh, it's not where we need to be. Uh, God, there's got to be some kind of hope. Uh, there's got to be something happen. Uh, amen. He prayed and he prayed. And he said, I beseech thee. I don't have time to read the prayer. Read it for yourself. But he said, I beseech thee. Let now thine ear be attentive to the prayer of thy servant. And the prayer 
of thy servants. Not only my prayer, God, but the prayer of everybody that feels like I do. Uh, amen. We can't be in this destitution. Uh, we can't allow, amen. Uh, we can't allow the walls of Jerusalem, uh, amen, to be in rubble. Uh, we can't allow the gates of Jerusalem to be burned up. Uh, we can't allow your people to be the offscour and mockering of everybody. God, let your servant and your servants, the prayer of each of them, who dis desire to fear thy name and prosper. I pray thee, thy servant this day, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man, talking about the king, that he would allow me to go and do the work of the Lord. Did those walls just build by themselves? No. Something needed to change. Something needed to change. And that change was Nehemiah. When he went to the king and the king said, I, I, I discern that there's something wrong with you, Nehemiah. Amen. Listen. Uh, amen. The king said unto me. For what dost thou request? What do you want? Listen, he said, so I prayed, I prayed to God of heaven. Oh my, when is the last time I ask again, when is the last time that we saw the condition of the world? Amen. And we became like Nehemiah. We got a burden and we got down and we began to pray for those that were destitute and those that were lost. Jesus looked across them. They were like sheep without a shepherd, the Bible says. Amen. And, 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 and he wept over their souls. Something needs to change. Acts chapter 17. I read a scripture to you in Acts chapter 17. I hope I can, I hope I can bring this to you the way the Lord showed it to me. I didn't, uh, like I said, I, I, I refused. That's my bad. God, I got to take it from you. and I will. But I refused when God first brought this thought to me to pay any attention to it. But look at Acts chapter 17. It, it was talking about Paul was among some people. And it says, how be it certain men clave. Talking about Paul. Certain men clave unto him and believed. Their lives were changed. Amen. They weren't like they were before. Amen. They were headed in one direction and that was away from God. But when they had an encounter with Paul and when they had an encounter with Paul's God, amen, something happened in their lives. And the Bible says that they clave unto Paul. Amen. They were really saying they were cleaving unto Paul's God. Amen. And they were crying out to Paul's God and they believed what was going on. And it lists those people there. But how did that happen? 
You know this was the story. You know this was when Paul went to Mars Hill. You know he looked at all the idols that they had set up uh, and to the idol that was unlabeled to the unknown God. You know how Paul preached to them. Uh, you know how Paul brought the brought God to them and before them. Amen. And how he told them how God could change their life. This is how they got partially how they got to that condition. But what drove Paul to do what he did? Something needed to change. For in verse number 16, now while Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was stirred in him Was it just a happenstance that the Spirit got stirred? No. Paul was looking across the city. Uh, Paul was looking at the people. Uh, Paul was seeing the condition of their souls. Uh, and the Bible says when he was there, as he was waiting, uh, his Spirit stirred uh, in him uh, when he saw the city wholly given to idolatry. Uh, oh my, something needs to change. Uh, our world is headed away from God. Our world is filled with destitution. Something needs to change. We're waiting for God to do a great work, but what is he doing to us? Amen. Something needs to change. I know I said I wouldn't be a long time, and I'm trying not to we read Haggai and we read all the promises that was given in Haggai speak to Zerubbabel speak to Joshua look at what's going to happen do you remember how it used to be? Do you remember how the power of God used to be? Do you remember the glory of the Lord that used to fall upon us? Can I put it this way? Is there anybody here old enough like I am? Amen. To remember. Uh, amen. When God's glory would fall during a church service. Uh, and you could not stop that service. Uh, amen. It came time for the dismissal. Uh, and people just kept praising the Lord. Uh, amen. Came time for the second dismissal. People kept praising the Lord. Uh, more times than not. Uh, amen. I found myself waking up at 3 and 4 o'clock in the morning. Uh, as the presence of God. Uh, the glory of the Lord uh, was just sweeping across all the people in the congregation. Uh, they were weeping and wailing and wait on God. Amen. Do you remember that glory? I'm part and parcel of it. Our society is such a fast paced society today. We want to get in and get out. I understand that. You know, you go through the drive-thru here and the drive-thru there, and they have drive-thru churches in different places. But the writer said, do you understand? Do you remember? Do you remember the glory? How do you see it now? 
He said, oh, look, this is what I'm going to do. Hey, man, I'm going to shake all the nations. I'm going to shake the heavens. I'm going to shake the sea. I'm going to shake the dry ground. Hey, man, I will fill this house with my glory. The silver is mine. The gold is mine. Hey, man, the glory of this latter house is going to be greater. My glory is going to fall. And we rejoice over that. And we thank the Lord and say, yes, God, that's what we want. But what got them there? Something needed to change. What was it? It was in the first chapter of Haggai. Is it time for you to dwell in your sealed houses and this house lie in waste? Consider your ways. What good is it for you to get your own money? It's like, and not take care of the work of God. It's like you putting it in a bag with holes in. You'll never have enough. Amen. You'll never earn enough. Amen. You'll never do enough. Praise God. Amen. If God is not the center and the foremost of your life, consider your ways. You look for much and it comes to little. You bring it home. And it gets blown upon and blown away. But what happened? The Bible says then Zerubbabel and, and Joshua and all the remnant of the people obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the words of Haggai the prophet uh, amen uh, and the scripture says that the Lord just like he did to Paul in Acts chapter 17 uh, just like he did to Nehemiah in Nehemiah chapter 1 uh, something needed to change uh, amen and God uh, the Lord stirred uh, the spirit uh, right from the eldest leader uh, right down to every single person in that congregation. The Lord stirred the spirit of all of them and they came and they did the work of the Lord. And when that happened, God said, this is what the result is going to be. Can I let you know, church, something needs to change today. Sister Dibble, come to the keyboard. I, I have so much more I want to talk to you about. Acts chapter 9. Aeneas. Palsy. Anybody ever heard of Aeneas? A palsy for eight years. Did not get out of bed for eight years. Peter came to him laid his hands on him and he was healed after eight years of palsy in bed. Was that the end of the miracle? No, no. That was just the start of what was about to happen. For the Bible says that other Christians, amen, other Christians heard about Peter, heard about what Peter was doing, amen, recognized that there needs to be some change, amen, and they called for Peter. Come over here, Peter. We've got a need. Tabitha, which is a good person, she made coats for a lot of people. She helped a lot of people, but she died. Peter, come over here. Amen. Come over here. The 
Bible says these words that it was known it was known what Peter did to Aeneas Therefore, he got the call, come and help us. And when he got over there, he put him out of the room. He prayed for her. Tabitha, I say, arise. She came back to life. What was the result of it? The Bible says many believed in the Lord. Can I tell you, something needs to change in our day. Acts chapter 8. Philip going to preach a great revival. The Bible lets us to know that as he went down to Samaria, he preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord not just onesies or twosies but the people with one accord amen believe the Bible says and they came and they gave their lives to the Lord and as a result of that not only were people saved but the Bible says that unclean spirits came out with a loud voice amen many that were possessed amen were healed many that were palsies many that were lame Many that were distressed, the Bible says, they were healed. Amen. Why? Because something needed to change. And Philip said, I'll be that change. In the middle of that revival, God called Philip away. You say, oh my, this is my greatest moment. Amen. This is my finest hour. Look what God is finally doing with me. But it's not about you. It's about what God wants to do. It's about who God wants to reach. Something's got to change in our mindset. Something's got to change in our heart's desire to understand Jesus was the one that died for the lost. Not you. Not me. Jesus was the one that gave his life for them. left that great revival to baptize one. God, if I can't be involved in the great revival, I don't want to reach just one, but something's got to change. Acts chapter 6. Bible says that the widows and the poor were being neglected. How much compassion do we have for those less fortunate than we are today? widows and the poor were being neglected the disciples couldn't tend to them and so they said we're going to call out seven men full of faith that we can spend time in the word that we can spend time seeking the Lord for his will that others can take care of these these things that were going on around them 
It might have seemed like trivial task. It might have seemed like minimal, uh, insignificant things uh, that they were doing, taking care of the widows, uh, amen, making sure that the poor weren't neglected. But they called out seven men full of faith. Uh, the only one that you really recognize, or two of them, if that, uh, is Stephen, full of faith and the Holy Ghost, uh, and Philip. Uh, nobody remembers uh, Porcherus, uh, uh, Nichan, or uh, Timon, uh, Paremius, uh, Nicolaus, uh, who was a proselyte, uh, a Gentile, uh, that got saved uh, and began to do the work of the Lord. But through seven men, not disciples uh, or apostles, uh, amen, not chosen ones, uh, amen, like Peter and John and Barnabas uh, and Paul, uh, but seven men full of faith uh, and full of the Holy Ghost. Uh, after the, the apostles laid their hands on them, uh, the Bible says uh, that through them, uh, the word of God increased, uh, that People uh, were saved uh, and they multiplied greatly. And that even the Jewish priests were converted. Something, something needs to change. I could talk about Acts chapter 10 and Cornelius. You know the story there. Amen. Was summoned. Amen. To Cornelius's house. Amen. Something changed. Amen. Cornelius had a desire. Peter preached to them and all the house was saved. I could talk about Acts chapter 11, the revival at Antioch. Amen. That was uh, uh, God used Barnabas. Amen. He was a good man and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith. And the Bible says through that revival at Antioch, much people were added to the church to the Lord Acts chapter 16 Lydia and her whole household were saved it caused Paul and Silas to be cast in prison. They cast out a devil from a damsel and they went to prison for it. But in prison, uh, God delivered them. Uh, and it was the jailer in all his house uh, that the Lord wanted to reach. Uh, something needs to change. Acts chapter 20. Eutychus falls out of the window because Paul was preaching too long. Thankfully, there's no windows here for people to sit in. Paul stops preaching, goes down and embraces him, says he's not dead, but we pronounced him. We looked at him, he's dead. Paul embraced him, said he's not dead. What happened after that? Paul, the Bible says, got back up and he preached until morning. And when he was all done preaching, uh, they brought Eutychus him. They brought Eutychus to him and the boy was alive. Something needs to change. Do we hear the heartbeat of God today? Jesus is trying to reach this world one final desperate effort uh, amen one final desperate push uh, amen there's souls that still need to be saved uh, there are people that still need to be reached 
Something needs to change. Stand with me tonight. Thank you for enduring this. Thank you for putting up with me. I just hope you've heard, amen, what the Lord is trying to say to us tonight. Amen. It's not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Something needs to change. God, I want to be... I want to be that Nehemiah that catches a burden. I want to be a Paul that looks out and sees a amen and my soul is stirred. I want to be involved. Amen. In a group stirring, Lord, like they were in Haggai, where from the very top to the very least, everybody was stirred by the Spirit of the Lord. And they did the work of God and God poured out his glory once again. Something needs to change. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, I worship you. I worship you. I worship you. I worship you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. God, change my life, Lord. Stir me, Jesus. Stir me. Stir me to see the city, God, that is entrenched in idolatry, Jesus. God, that I can bring your word to them, Jesus, and see their lives changed. To see them believe in you, God, to give their lives to you, Jesus. God, change me, Jesus. Change me, God. Change me, God. Change me, Jesus. Jesus, 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 Jesus. God, change me, Lord. The living God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. God, I worship you. their schools, God. Help them be a change, God, in their classmates, Lord. Help us reach our fellow workers, God, in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I worship you, I worship you, I worship you, I worship you. Oh, Jesus, Jesus, like Jesus, to be like.
like Jesus on earth I long to be like him all through life's journey chapter 19 we find where Paul preached so powerful the Bible says they brought handkerchiefs he prayed for them miracles were wrought by the hands of Paul evil spirits came out tells us of the story of the seven sons of Sceva, how they came and they wanted to imitate all of this. They said, Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? The result of all that, when the power of God, when the power of God took charge, that the Bible says there was a whole lot of people that brought their curious arts and their books things that did not belong in their life and they burned them and the Bible says so mightily grew the word of God and prevailed Something needs to change. Something needs to change. Amen. I trust we go into this new year with new zeal, new determination, new vigor towards the work of the Lord, towards doing what 
God has called us to do. What do we see? How do you see it now? I want to see the absolute glory of God fall and see his work prevail, his word prosper. Amen. To be like Jesus. Amen. To be like Jesus. Amen. Well, what a great time to be in the house of the Lord tonight.